0: Another one of our sponsors I'm excited to tell you about is actually another podcast. It's called People of Product. And it's really about kind of highlighting the way people come together in innovative ways and create all the digital products that seem to be in every part of our lives. And what I think I like the most is that these guys are speaking from experience. You know, we had George Brooks on our show. And besides that, he's like a really genuine human being, just super knowledgeable at creating way more effective teams to get this kind of stuff done. And I really can't recommend it enough. You can find them anywhere that you get your podcasts and I recommend you checking out people of product. So longtime listeners of the show will probably remember Jay Davis, who's been on a number of times. Well, in addition to being a friend and a consulting client, I'm excited to say now that he's also a sponsor of this show. Last year, when I was spending a lot of time at his company's office, he started a new company called Pillow Cube, which is this awesome memory foam rectangle pillow that's tall enough for me to be a side sleeper but not have to have my head sag down like when I try to fold over my regular pillows. It's really pretty amazing and for any side sleepers like me, it's great so we don't have to wake up with shoulder pain. On top of that, it's been really fun for me to see him have so much success because it's been selling like crazy. Anyways, if you're a side sleeper, I highly recommend going to pillowcube.com and getting one for yourself.
1: We start. GM had the worst plant, shut the plant down, Toyota opens it back up. 1984. They went from the worst plant in GM to the number one plant in the course of two years. How did Toyota do it? They simply brought the GM employees to Japan, put them shoulder to shoulder, one-on-one, on one. one GM worker, one Toyota worker, did not speak the language, no language, just let them, the, the Japanese just showed them what they were doing. And intuitively, these these surly, unruly, stuck in the mud,
0: So, I've been a fan for years, but for people who don't know what you do, how do you explain it?
1: I am a passionate, crazy lunatic about continuous improvement. I think that would probably be the way most people would describe me. A lean maniac is the way people describe me, and I'm a manufacturer. I have calluses on my hands. I use my hands every day, no matter where I am in the world, always improving everything. And I'm a woodworker by trade, developed a product for the woodworking industry. Today, we have 800 products in 40 countries, and we do tens of millions of dollars of business. Found out about Lean about three years into my manufacturing foray, and uh, it changed my company, and it changed my life, and I've never looked back. And now I'm kind of helping everybody around the world. I just got off the phone with Bangladesh and India, and uh, you know, uh, it's crazy. My life is crazy, the people I come in contact
0: with every day. That's exciting. So, when did you start FastCap? Nineteen ninety-seven. Okay. And well, congratulations on all the success there to begin with.
1: I'm very boy. Am I, I I can't imagine what my life would look like if I had not learned about the Toyota Production System. I think, oh my, I'd still be kicking myself in the head.
0: Well, I was excited to have you on the show. You know, we've we've had a number of lean experts, and you know, Art Burn and different Shingo Prize winners and and folks. And I was excited right. to have you on the show because. I have recommended your book so often for one specific reason, which is I find so often people, you know, maybe they know about the Toyota production system or they've heard of lean or stuff like this. But but there's a high likelihood that they they had some things that were less helpful, like somebody did a cost cutting thing and fired a bunch of people, but called it lean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or or they they had to sit through some class from a, a very well-meaning engineer who was really in love with a lot of Japanese words and technical terms and was almost mm-hmm, in love mm-hmm. with, with lean. Like it was like a, an art form more so than the, than the mm-hmm. results it would produce or, you know, right. or, or they've been told that it takes years to master it and that, that this is going to be really hard to get started. And, and their experience with it <laughs> seemed to bear that out. And then your book comes along and, and mm-hmm. uh, two second lean Just makes it so accessible for mere mortals that I find Mm -hmm. if I get people to read your book first, all of a sudden they're very interested in in this whole world instead of put off by it. Has that kind of been your experience as well? Or can you talk about why you chose to write this book?
1: Well, it's completely my experience. And I think it's strictly because... I'm a DNC student. I, I was a poor student in school and I always had to have a workaround on how to understand and comprehend what was going on. I mean, I'm taking Spanish lessons right now and I'm literally the dumbest person in the class. And and I mean, everything is hard for me. So my brain, I, I have to take the complex and make it simple for someone like me. And I think there's a fair amount of people out there that struggle with similar type problems. So I think there's where the resonance
0: comes from. And can you give people just, I want to talk about the other books. I want to talk about your new app. I want to talk about a lot of things, especially your YouTube channel. I love your YouTube mm-hmm. channel. I, and I love the FastCap YouTube channel where you go yeah. these, do these, like my, my favorite is when you go around and ask all your staff, what's your favorite, what's your favorite right, thing you improved this year? That's probably my favorite mm-hmm. one. That's the one I've sent to the most people, you know, different years of that. But people love it. Yeah. The, the premise of Two Second Lean, can we start there?
1: Yeah. Well, it was really simple. I was... I came back from Japan the second time and I was trying to get everybody to engage in this concept of continuous improvement. And I rec I recognized on that second trip to Japan that what Toyota was doing was, and this is the part that most people miss, is they weren't doing all the tools but they were really teaching and training their people. They spent an enormous amount of time developing their people. Like I take people to Lexus training center and I take people to where they train Lexus temporary employees and they spend a month in the classroom before they ever sit on the shop floor. They spend an enormous amount of time developing their people, teaching and training. So I was in a teaching and training mode, walking around in my shop floor in the morning. I developed this cod of this routine of every morning calling it the improvement walk. I walked around. I went into this one department, injection molding. Nick was there. Nick was kind of, you know, with his head down, kicking his stuff around. Hey, Nick, have you made an improvement today? He said, no, I haven't made an improvement. And I said, well, you mean everything's perfect in this area? And he said, well, I don't know. It's pretty good. And I said, you mean there's nothing that bugs you? There's nothing that you feel like maybe could be a little better. And he said, well, yeah, there is this one thing. I actually have a video of it. I can play the video if you want. It would take me a few seconds to pull it up. But the bottom line is, he said, yeah, when I put in the injection mold, I got to put a level on top of it, and I got to reach my head inside the machine. It's very uncomfortable to see the vial to see the level. And I said, well, how could we fix that? And I didn't give him the answer. And he said, well, I don't know. And I said, well, what do you have to do to be able to see that vial? He goes, I, I don't know. I got to put my head inside. How could you not put your head inside? Put a mirror on it go get a mirror. We got a plastic mirror out of our point of purchase uh, room, took a hot glue gun, glued it on there in an angle. All of a sudden, he could see the, the level without sticking his head in there. It was a little flimsy. We glued a popsicle stick on there. He goes, wow, that's incredible. You take the level out, it's magnetic, stick it on top of the machine. When you're ready to put the mold in, put it on top. Don't have to reach in, look at. It. I said, Nick, that's all I want you to do. Is just make the stupidest little improvement. Just save yourself two seconds—the two seconds of putting your head inside the machine and pulling it out. That's, all. He goes, that's what you want me to do. I go. That's what I want you to do. Can you do that? He goes. Yeah, I can do that. I go. Two second lead.
0: Well, there you go. I find it so helpful because it just it lowers the bar to get started oh. so much. <laughs> and and I love yeah. your question. Are you telling me there's nothing here that bugs you? I think in yeah. the history of employees. There's never been anybody. They didn't have somebody something that's bugging them, right?
1: And every day. And every day. It's, it's impossible to go to work without something that had something not irritate you.
0: You know, our our we've got a few different companies. We've got our real estate investment fund, we've got our consulting firm, we've got this media company, right? So one of the big clients of our consulting firm for a number of years was the Utah Transit Authority. You know, they got about mm-hmm. eight billion worth of assets, 2,500 staff. And I'm excited because the CEO's coming on the show in a couple of weeks, and we're gonna talk about oh he was my client for years, right? And he's retired from that now. But he, we're going to talk about why so many lean practitioners, operational excellence leaders, they, they're so good at knowing the details and knowing the tools and stuff, I like guess, but they're, they're often not very practiced at talking to management about how it's going to increase the bottom line and, and what the shareholders or the board of directors is breathing down their throw about and talking to the staff about making their job easier and reducing frustration. Because Let's, right. There's a lot of staff that really don't care about oh, waste, completed. about an extra two cents and shareholder value like that doesn't change their life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't get an mm-hmm. incentive for it that you don't know, like it's it's intangible. But you tell them like, hey, I would love to work on something that's bugging you like the what's in it for me factor is so high, right?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Mr. Amazawa, former vice president of Lexus, the president of Georgetown, Kentucky, is a very good friend of mine. I spent a lot of time in Japan with them. And he's on my my study missions that I go on. And he tells a great story when he's giving his little talk. He says, you know, when I became uh, president of Georgetown, Kentucky, he said, I walked in and I said, I don't want you to save me any money. I just want you to make your work easier. That's all you have to do. And with that simple statement and that simple mantra, the company was transformed and they'd gone through a real downturn in the U S at the Georgetown plant. And he turned it all around with that simple thing. Just make work better for you. I just want you to improve your work, make it better.
0: The, the crazy thing is it's like, it's like the cart and the horse, right? It's like, if you want to make life better for your customers, if you want to make bigger shareholders, like mm-hmm. what Richard Branson says of like, take care of your staff. So they'll take care of your clients. Like this is a natural byproduct.
1: It's, it's basic. Right. It's, it's it's That's the thing about this. You don't need an MBA to figure out any of this. You don't even need a degree. This is all common sense.
0: I love it. Well, I feel like I've got like one one success story to do with this is I'm the guy, you know, our firm's affiliated to the Shingo Institute. So we teach their seminars and prepare people for the prize. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got, you know, guys way smarter than me that did lean for 40 years at GE or something like this that, that teach our classes. Right. But I'm the guy that, was at the Shingo headquarters saying, Hey, do you guys know this book, Two Second Lean? They said, No, what's that about? You guys gotta read this one. This is so <laughs> great. And and then you won the Shingo prize. So I'm I'm very excited yeah, to hear that uh, very, happen. Very
1: fortunate, very, very fortunate. And you know that's another interesting thing about the way, you know, FastCap does business and the whole two second lean mantra. I know hopefully this doesn't offend you, but you know, we won every award you could imagine, but we have no plaques on our walls. We have nothing to indicate that we've ever accomplished anything because our customers don't care. So you walk into FastCap. there's no international headquarters, a two second lean. There's no Shingo prize winner. We have nothing. There's nothing. The walls are empty. There's um, no, there's no plaque on my desk. I don't have an office, but I have a desk. Nothing, nothing that says Paul Akers president. There's nothing. Yeah. We, we just don't do any of that stuff. It's all superfluous. It all has nothing to do with running a company or having a dynamic organization.
0: Well, I feel like, you know, whether it's my buddies, whether it's the clients of our consulting firm, whether it's our own team of how are we going to optimize our real estate that our fund is buying, right? To me, mm-hmm. I feel like you gave ver- verbiage, verbiage to simplify like this idea of like, okay, you can ask anybody, hey, what's something that, that could make your life two seconds faster, two seconds easier, this kind of thing. And if they say, I don't know, you just sit there and look at them (laughs) until they come up with something like this is exactly, this is not, this is not such a high demand that you can't have a little awkward silence and you can't sit there until they come, you know, a little prompting, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's it's not such a big ask. You could also tell, you also tell them just the opposite. I don't want you to make your life better. Uh, Please don't make your life better. Please continue to struggle. I love watching you struggle it's just a beautiful thing. Could you show me some more struggle real quick? I mean, just play some head games with them.
0: Too funny. Well, but the other thing is kind of what you just alluded to there of like, hey, what if we all played the sport of only doing things that the customer wants to pay for and leave off the superfluous? Mm -hmm. Like, do they, does the customer really care if we file that in triplicate? Like, does this, did we make the, (laughs) did we make the customer get what they want when they wanted it or possibly sooner? You know? Oh, here's another one. So I just had someone come to me the other day.
1: I think it was actually in Utah. They came to me and said, well, I got, I got a couple of employees that they don't want to, you know, they, they, don't, they really like walking the extra steps because they get a little more exercise. And, you know, they think that's totally fine. And I said, they do? I said, that's wonderful. I said, then, then they won't mind paying for that cost. So we're going to hand them the bill that they're going to pay out of their paycheck, all the people walking around to make all those extra steps because we can't charge a customer for it because the customer doesn't want to pay for it. But you're obviously willing to pay for it. So we'll just deduct it from your paycheck for, for Bob, for Mary, for, for Martha. You can pay for it all. Oh, no, no, I don't want to pay for it. well But you want me to pay for it and you want the customer to pay for it, right? Like pull your head out of your rear end and start thinking about what's going on here. You know, sometimes you really got to be a little abrupt with people, you know, a little bit like wake up, you know, well, I don't hesitate to do that at all.
0: It's funny how reframing the issue gives people such clarity, right? Completely. Well, you you really uh, adopted this. I, I like your YouTube videos where you go home and show what lean looks like at your house. Can you talk about some mm-hmm. of the the ideas of how you you've brought it all over?
1: Oh my gosh, my house is my house is unbelievable. Yeah. Well. Every every I mean the thing that people love the most is the bidet for my for my lawnmowers. You know, you drive the lawnmowers up, you don't get off the lawnmower, the thing's running, you pull on a handle, it washes the whole underside of the air a carriage. You push it back in, you pull out, and it's done. And but there are thousands of improvements in my home like that. I have a car washing station that is like the most epic thing in the whole world. I did it specifically for my wife. My wife likes to wash her car. We, we could afford to have someone wash our car every day, but we don't. We wash our own car. We're very frugal with our money. We're very careful. So I made this amazing car washing station where it's on the, the vacuum hose. It's on a big hose. Reel, you pull it out. You can roll it back up. Same thing with the pressure washer. All the soaps, everything's organized. Everything's hung up to dry. Everything's just like perfect, right? And people see this go, oh, my gosh, we, I can wash my car in like five minutes. And there's no struggle. So things like that are everywhere in my home, and then I have it's 13 acres. It's a huge home, and it's an estate basically. And and I have one guy that takes care of it, and he's a lean maniac. He's a young kid from Russia, and he must make 30 improvements a day, easily 30 improvements a day. So you walk in, and it's just magic. We have these Kubota Kubota tractors that we run around on Kubota little uh, RTVs. We have everything in Kaizen foam on the front, all the tools everything's just like dialed in the headset. It's just like crazy. It's insane. I've got tons of videos on it and uh, we love it. And one guy does the work of 10 guys. I mean, it would take 10 people to take care of my home. Yeah. It's that outrageous. And and I've got one guy that does it and he does a perfect job.
0: You know, maybe one last thing that, that I feel like you've brought to this world in, in, I don't know if anybody else was doing it, but the way you did it has lead me to invite a lot of other people to do it is I love this. Hey, just film that on your iPhone. Get your coworker to film that on the before and after simple. on the iPhone. Simple. Oh, my gosh. What an incredible employee manual. And,
1: and- I edit it all on the iPhone, too. I don't. Uh, we don't use computers. I mean, everything's just on the iPhone. It's just so simple. And I don't know if you've noticed yet, but I don't say subscribe at the end of my videos. I don't say, like, hit the like. But I don't say any of that stuff. I don't do all the stuff that all the traditional YouTubers do. Because I don't care. That's not why I did it. I didn't do it to build my my viewer base or any of that. So I did it because I was just showing people the cool stuff that I was doing. And if you like it, like you liked it, you pass it on to other people. That's all there is to it. There's no, there's no, there's no ulterior motive here. It's just simple. Just show people what you're doing and maybe inspire the world.
0: Well, and I want to say it was on WhatsApp, but you can correct me. I remember this story of you being over somewhere in the former USSR with a construction Kazakhstan, firm. Probably. Was it Kazakhstan? Yeah, Kazakhstan? Can you tell that story? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what the four years I was there, I could tell you, I could regale you with stories <laughs> for a long time. What story specifically? Well, you can you just tell them about, about
0: the, I- the video updates that everybody gets in real time and everybody, oh, you know, like everybody's okay. on the same oh, page all the time.
1: Story. That's not a beautiful story at all. Okay. So I'll, I'll do this really quickly. I'm in, I'm in uh, Costa Rica surfing January. Get an email. Will you come to Kazakhstan and speak to our executive team? Where's Kazakhstan? I'm looking over the map. Where's, oh, God, it's just a gigantic country with very few people right below the Soviet Union or the or Russia. So I type back, okay, I can come. And they go, okay, we want you to come in one month. I go, what? One month? I go, I don't even know where Kazakhstan is. I go there. I'm speaking to 100 of the top executives. There's, a, I think the company has 7,000 employees. So every year they have a big conference somewhere, Dubai, somewhere. This year it was in a big resort in Kazakhstan. They want you to speak for an entire day, eight hours. I'm going, eight hours? I I speak for an hour and a half. I mean, what am I going to talk about for for eight hours? So I put together eight hours of material. I don't know. Maybe I talked really slow. I don't remember what it was. But at the end of the eight hours, this is what happened. Iden, the president of the company, gets up and says and does two of the most profound things. First of all, a billion-dollar company, and he puts his head down, and he goes, I can't believe I don't know about this. He was just shocked that he had built this big organization he didn't understand the concept of lean two-second lean and everything else and then he says we're going to do something different very powerful guy very forceful personality he says everyone pull out their phone right now we're going to develop a whatsapp chat we're going to put all 100 of our executives on here and we're going to start sharing our improvements amongst one another and i go i you're a genius and i had spent the whole time telling him to do it on youtube and he circumvented that and did it much more leanly and much more streamlined simply pull out your phone shoot a video post it to whatsapp 100 people they broke up the whole company in 100 group 100 groups of people all the different job sites all the different uh, departments and everybody started sharing their video and i'm looking back i'm going how come i didn't think of that brilliant idea and so today there are chats worldwide uh with two second lean I'm on so many of them, I'm on in Canada, I'm on one in Utah, I'm on one in Bangladesh, I'm in one in India, I'm on one in the US, I'm in one in China. I mean, I'm just on so many chats, I can't even believe it. People sharing these improvement videos, all from Aiden's understanding.
0: Well, it had an effect on us, our consulting firm right now, we've got a big home builder out here that we're helping out. And like our bases, we're actually having all the staff start by like, what do you actually do? Like they're starting with just the employee manual of how to do their job and mm-hmm. we're do, like we're having somebody interview them cuz not everybody knows how to articulate that, right? And we just right. trans, use tech to transcribe that up and then we're asking them, "Okay, make a video of that," which can then be mm-hmm. the start of making the video of the improvement of it. So we have a baseline.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so, and there, there is no first the medical Then construction and then the airline industry are the orders of dysfunction. So, the construction industry, God, there's so much waste there. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. It's just, it's the easiest thing in the whole world.
0: Well, tell us about the app. Tell us about your new app. So,
1: the app is really cool. As I was saying offline, I'd spent about 50K uh, putting this app together, and it's both available in the OS. And uh, the Play Store, Google Play Store, it's basically all my books, five of my books, in audio format in nine languages. So imagine what it takes to record a book. Just get a book in another language. Now they're in audio versions in other languages. So it's just incredible. It's all free. I don't want anything. You know, I don't want anything. Just The the reason we did it was simply to get to the Gemba people, get to the shop for people who would not necessarily be predisposed to personal development the way maybe you and I are as leaders. We're always reading. We're always trying to figure out how do we move to the next level? Well, not everybody on the Gemba is thinking that way necessarily. And I thought, well, why not? Well, because it costs money, right? And they haven't been trained in that way. So I said, how do we overcome this? So I said, let's just put an app together where they could pass it on easily. They can say, hey, Bob, listen to this. Hey, Murray, listen to this. And just simply share the app just like that. Download it. Or they could share a part in the book. They could just share an audio part, and there's no like proprietary thing. You gotta you gotta subscribe to this thing. No, just share it right now, boom. So we made everything just super lean, and then the world is using it, and it's very exciting. And It seems like every time I turn around, somebody calls me up and says, "Hey, I want to translate it into Hindi. I want to translate it into Icelandic. I want my books in Icelandic." Can you even fathom that? I mean, whose books in Icelandic? And people just come, keep coming to me. I just it just got translated into Dutch. Uh, it's in German. It's in Russian. It's in Japanese. It's in French. It's in uh, Russian. I mean, it's in so many languages. It's crazy.
0: Hungarian. It's being
1: translated in Hungarian right now.
0: How fun! So uh, that's
1: what the app's about. It's all there. It's all free.
0: And anybody who wants to check it out, highly recommend it. It's two second lean play. That's what you're going to want to yeah. go search. And just play. Is just because
1: you, know, you want to listen to it in your ear, and away you go. And if you want to find out more, everywhere.
0: Yeah, and if you want to find more about this stuff, go to paulakers.net. Lots of background. Lots of details here. I think. I think my question for you is when you think about folks who folks who haven't caught the vision, folks who, who say like, it, is, it isn't broke, you know, and they're like, it's that first, that first time of trying to help them see that there's something better. What have you found effective for that kind of easing you're them not gonna
1: believe, you're, you're not, not going to believe what I'm going to say. Okay. Run, run, run from them.
0: <laughs>
1: you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to push this on anyone. You know, you know why you do it? You know why I do it? Because we looked at it and we go, that's it. Nobody had to push it on us. We saw it, somebody presented it, we looked at it and we said, "Oh, this is a, a no-brainer." If the minute you go into the mode of trying to convince somebody of anything, you're wasting your time. I don't spend any time trying to convince anybody of anything.
0: So what if we're what if it's not that they need to be convinced? What if they're what if they just have no concept their new their new employees or their new executives the, the, and it's just the introduction. Where do you like to start they, for the they, introduction?
1: I I don't. I allow they have to make the introduction. They have to make the inquiry based on what they see my actions doing. I don't. I'm against it and it's very counterintuitive. Everybody says, you know, what's your elevator speech? Elevator speech? What do you mean? If you can't look at my life and see what I've done with my life and be convinced that there might be something you need to know. You're brain dead. That's all there is to it. And so if you're not asking me how I got to where I am, there's no hope for you.
0: You know what? I feel like there's an answer within that though of you make YouTube videos about it. You wrote books about it. Mm-hmm. You give you keynote right. speeches all over the world about it. So anybody that Googles you for one second or anybody that knows anything about you – this is going to, you know what I mean? Like other than a stranger who meets you on an airplane, this is going to come up. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you've done the work, you've done the work to put it out there. And then it's their, it's their job to, you know, to pick it up.
1: Completely pull completely. I don't push it on anyone. I I simply just took out my phone and said, wow, this is pretty, pretty cool. Maybe some people might be inspired by this. I didn't make a strategic plan. I didn't make a business plan. Hey, I'm going to do YouTube. I'm going to get to a thousand views, a hundred views. I didn't do anything. I just simply said, oh, Wow! Look at they're doing. Everyone's most people have seen the Kaizen fast cap style. That video with the girl making the packaging improvement. Have you ever seen that video? It's got like half a million
0: views. I've it's watched incredible. a lot of the videos, so I'm sure it's. Yeah, I'm well, sure that, it's one that, of the ones I've seen. Yeah, that's like the first
1: one. That's the first one that I did basically, and it was this really beautiful girl that worked for me, and she was working on this packaging thing. And I walked up to her and said, "Megan, what are do you doing?" She goes, "Oh, I'm working on how to improve this packaging, taking from 45 seconds to 15 seconds." And she showed me what she was doing with two other team members. I go. That's genius. Pulled out my phone and started filming it. And so when I saw that, I said, "Oh, this could really help people because it really helped me." And that's all that I did—no more, no less than that. And you know, that's what I tell people to do. Don't don't push this on people at all. Just but if you're if you're a leader like me, however, if you're a leader like me who's the top leader, my mantra is maybe even different and again counterintuitive. I, I simply say to everyone that comes to work with me. Uh, there, you need to understand something. I'm not hiring you to make woodworking tools. I'm hiring you to improve the way you make woodworking tools. Shake your hand, You on board with that. If you're not on board with that 1000%, get the hell out of here, okay? Because I'm not gonna beg you, I'm not gonna plead you, I'm not gonna cuss at you, I'm not gonna swear at you, I'm not gonna do anything. You either are gonna understand the opportunity that's been put in front of you, the once in 10 lifetime opportunity to work for this company, that I'm going I want you to think and improve, and I'm gonna give you the resources and the time to do it. If you don't get that at a high level, out. I have no tolerance, okay? But if you do get it, I'm here to help you. I'm here to spend money on you. I'll take you to Japan. I've taken, I don't even know how many of my people have been to Japan. Like 25 of my people have been to Japan. I mean, we're talking entry-level people have been to an executive-level trip to Japan. It's unheard of. Nobody's ever done that. Nobody has ever done that. So I will spend all the time, money, teach, training, but I'm not going to cajole you or get your brain to get orientated correctly. If you don't get this,
0: there's something wrong with you. So I love it That's the brutal
1: that's the brutal truth.
0: Yeah. You know, for me, I'm not surprised you do those Japan trips because they have such an effect. Like for me, like my big wake up calls were my first tours. There's a Utah company called US Synthetics that makes synthetic diamonds. and Uh,
1: they've all been they've been to Japan with me so many times. It's unbelievable.
0: So US Synthetics and O C Tanner going there and just seeing it. It was like, Oh, I don't think I got a vision of what this meant. (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I've been to
1: both companies. I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: 10 Days in Japan was like – just to that, that next level and, and like hearing those stories and seeing like – seeing them moving these enormous pieces of equipment over and over and you see like how much factory room was freed up and just – but the question is just, did someone beg you to go to Japan? No, I was stoked. Well, I was lucky. They they called you me. You went to Japan because you wanted to go. I was lucky. They called me and said, hey, listen, that stuff you specialize in, if you'll come teach it, we'll pay for your $10,000 trip to Japan. Do you want to go? And I was like, oh, awesome. easy sell. Because awesome. I did martial arts all my growing but, but, up but here. Still, and I'm a Japan nobody, nerd.
1: Nobody, nobody nobody, put a lock and chain on your foot and said, hey, you got to get over here and do this. It, it, was, it was obvious to you. There was something. Yeah. You to do Right. Yeah, And that's what my point is. You want to work with people who see this and it's an obviousity. It's just like, of course. And the people that don't run, they will waste more of your time and your effort, and your energy than you ever dreamed of. I've done it already. I've wasted so much of my time with people like that. I just never want to do it again.
0: So my next question for you is I admire so much how you've taken something that for many other people is very complex. And you've, you've really... Mm-hmm simplified it in an excellent way and i'm trying to think of i'd be interested in what you think the principles are when applying to other things like for instance i i personally like makes me almost physically ill to have unsophistic financially unsophisticated friends gambling on bitcoin right now with with Mm -hmm. very unsound rationalizations that got repeated from somebody else right right when the warren buffett compound interest way of investing is available to everyone and i have like this besides the it'd be great fundraising for our fund and stuff. I guess I have like a personal passion of like, well, I made enough money to retire two different times in my 20s and I lost it all both times. Mm -hmm. Hence the reason Mm -hmm. I'm buying commercial Mm -hmm. real estate the third time, right? But I have this like deep pain around how much speculation hurts people's lives versus compound interest investing has such a high probability of long-term success. And I'm just interested in any thoughts you have about taking something that can feel overwhelming or complicated and any principles for simplifying it like what you've done for lean?
1: Well, I think the the most basic principle that people must understand. And when I say it, I think most people will get it immediately. And that is simplicity attracts complexity repels. And when you walk into a, a, a boardroom, when you walk into a meeting and somebody starts throwing their charts and graphs up and they start going here and here and here, The truth is 80% of the people, their eyes glaze over, they're like, oh, crap. Same boardroom, same meeting, leader, everyone walks in, they throw a a 60 second video on and they show how Bob or Mary made an improvement that saved them, you know, a half hour a day and made their job easier. Everyone paid attention. Everyone got it. Simplicity attracts, complexity repels. So... I think when you understand that concept, I think when you start to put together your presentations, your talks, your meetings, and everything, you should really think deeply about the level of engagement that will occur based on how you execute those two concepts. I don't know if I answered your question, but that's what I do. Everything's simple. I just don't do anything complicated.
0: I took some notes here about what you just said. And I think you know the principle of show, don't just tell. You know, a human mm-hmm. story, a relatable human story. It's everything. What a shortcut, right?
1: It's it's huge. I mean, this is what I learned from Mr. Yoshino in Japan about the NUMI story. Most people, not, not most people, a lot of people know the NUMI story. GM had the worst plant, shut the plant down. Toyota opens it back up in 1984. They went from the worst plant in GM to the number one plant in the course of two years. How did Toyota do it? They simply brought the GM employees to Japan put them shoulder to shoulder, one-on-one, one one GM worker, one Toyota worker, did not speak the language, no language, just let them, the the Japanese just showed them what they were doing. And intuitively, these, these surly, unruly, stuck in the mud, union employees, intuitively said, oh, that makes a lot of sense. You mean stop the line? You mean fix it now instead of fix it later? The key is to show people, not to teach people. You can't teach anybody. That's why I say, don't, don't try to teach people about this lean thing, just do it yourself. And if they don't see, if they don't come in contact with me and ask me questions, there's something wrong. With it.
0: But I, you know, that story as well, like uh, back to the poll, you know, instead of pushing it on them, like giving them an opera, a high probability opportunity for discovery, you know, removing yeah. the barriers, for them to make their own discovery, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, like none of us resist our own ideas we came up with, right?
1: Oh, exactly. You nailed it right there. And that's how you get people to buy in long-term. It's their idea. It wasn't Paul's idea. No, they discovered their own improvements.
0: Well, you get interviewed a lot. You speak all over a lot. What's a, what's a soapbox issue you don't get to talk about as much? Or what's, what's a question I didn't ask?
1: God, that's a great question. Well, you know, for me, the most burning issue that I think about 24-7 is our country. And I I think about that. I say this occasionally, not very often. There is no better example, and this is going to shock a lot of people, like some of the things I've already said is going to shock people. There is no better example of a lean country than the United States. The United States is the greatest country in the history of the world, and simply because our founding fathers recognized human potential. They understood that when a human being has freedom to improve their own lives and are not constrained by a quagmire and a system that suffocates people, that extraordinary results can occur. The United States is the ultimate lean country. And it is moving at breakneck speed away from the very essence that our founding fathers understood, individual freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of the press. It is it is, it is the biggest concern. I, I, I lose sleep over it every night because it's the most beautiful story in the world, and it's a lean story, and most people don't understand it. And it, it's an issue. It's a big issue. And I'm not afraid to speak up about it to anybody. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I'll, I'll speak up about it. I ran for the U.S. Senate, so I put my money where my mouth.
0: Maybe to end off here, what's one of the best pieces of advice you ever received?
1: Bob Taylor is my mentor Taylor guitars I made guitars with him when I was 17 years old he's still a very close friend of mine and he told me when I was 17 years old in a in a wood shop in his shop making guitars and we were hooking up a 220 machine and Bob was making these beautiful musical instruments he was I was 17 he was like 21 just a little bit older than me and yet he was now you know manipulating this machine put a new motor in it hooking up 220 power and I was like how in the world do you how in the world do you know how to do all this stuff? And he looked at me and he said, Paul, I stand on the shoulder of giants. That Nothing that I've done here is of myself. I've learned it from other people that went before me. And that humble attitude of that guy who was making guitars for Crosby, Steele's, Nash & Young at 21 years old, that, had been in a, that was in a movie, his guitars were in a movie at 21 years old, that we were in that dusty shop all by ourselves at night and that he would humbly say, hey, this is, I, I didn't learn. And this is just like uh, other people have done taught me all this stuff This has nothing to do with me i was just like okay there you go i
0: think it's a great place to end
1: and so it is for me with toyota i mean i i didn't invent any of this stuff toyota learned it uh i learned it from toyota and toyota learned it from ford and toyota says that openly oh says it openly I love you know it. they yeah. came here and they saw it and i think i think we take that attitude that we're not, so, we're, not, we're not the end-all be-all. We're just uh, very lucky to have our founding fathers create this great country that we could succeed in, and uh, Toyota created this great system and perfected it, and Henry Ford laid, laid the road for it. I think if we have this com- deep sense of compact, or not, uh, of gratitude about the gifts that have been given us, I think we're going to be so far ahead, and that's what Bob was trying to convey to me that day. I
0: love it. Can't think of a better way to end. Thanks, uh, thanks for making time for this. My pleasure. Okay. Bye, everyone.